Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All Elite Wrestling and the Black News Channel. Now, these are both businesses that are owned by Shad Khan. In the case of All Elite Wrestling, the president is Tony Khan, Shad's son. And in the case of Black News Channel, Tony sits on the board. So here's my question. Are there similarities between the two companies as it relates to the way that people of color and women in particular have been treated? Ooh, our favorite mathematician, Rob the Genius, returns to discuss these two issues in particular. He's crunched some numbers. He's done his research. And now we're going to provide some analysis. That's right. But before we get to any of that stuff, folks, listen, you know, I keep talking about it. Zencaster. Okay. It is my go to program for recording, especially as it relates to our wonderful guests. You visit Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster.com. I'm telling you, you can do audio, you can do video, studio quality sound, really unmatched. And what's really cool is that everything is recorded on separate tracks. So it makes it so easy to edit. Visit Zencaster.com. Once again, Z E N C A S T R.com for more information. And now let's get on with the show. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I am a man of the people. And when the people speak, I got to listen. Okay. I'm not going to call you bots. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> whether you are, are patting me on the back or whether you're cussing me out, I'm not going to say that it's not real. It's all real out there. And one of the things that I, I often hear is that uh, Rob the Genius is someone that brings a, an element of credibility to this show that is very important. And one of the main reasons why is because this, this man is, is legitimately a mathematician cares about the facts, he cares about the figures. And when he's given his opinion, when he's when he's given his analysis of the facts and the figures and coming to some type of conclusion based on his understanding of what's going on, it's always high quality stuff. And that's why there's never a question whenever Rob is available, he knows he can come on this show and we can pick up where we left off and certainly he has some interesting things that I've been saving. I haven't been commenting on on the show because I've been waiting for Rob to be available to talk about this. So this is going to be fun. Without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, my brother, Rob the Genius. What's going on there, Rob? Hey, man, good to be back. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Listen, let, let's start off with how people can, can um, find your stuff because there is a growing appetite for the analysis of how women's wrestling is being featured on TV. Um, somehow, some way, suddenly people care about women's wrestling and how it's not being featured in AEW properly. 
So, so tell everybody what your website is, please, so they can just go straight to it right now as they listen to us. All right. So uh, it, it is robsagenius.com, R-O-B-S-A-G-E-N-I-U-S, all one word, dot com. And so what I have there right now, I have, I have my full report from last year, and I think it's called Women's Wrestling on TV. I mean, yeah, I believe that's the title. So that's from that's an older one. That is from last year. That's a full report on women's wrestling on TV from 2021. And then I have a newer, a recent, an ongoing one. Uh, it, it's called Women's Wrestling on TV Present in History. Now that is an ongoing piece that I update in real time. But I do it. But again, I have the finished product from 2021. And that's called Women's Wrestling on TV in 2021. And now don't let the, uh, now the date stamp on that one is September, but I kept updating it through the end of the year. So that is for all of 2021. And so you can see what I did there. And basically I just went back and I counted up on, you know, five different shows, how many matches, you know, every week how much time they got, who was in them, how many were in the main, you know, how many times were they in the main event or not, you know, and it may, it sounds like a lot to do. And it was, it was a lot to get started, but once the, once I got rolling, updating it every week is pretty easy. Now it takes, doesn't even take 15 total minutes to update it now every week. Uh, well, that's great. And you know, what's funny is that people are finally, it comes in waves where they want to pay attention to that. They want to talk about that. I don't necessarily know what happened recently to get people excited about it again. It could be as simple as you and I having these conversations and, and it's it was a slow build, but it really crescendoed over the past couple of days since WrestleMania, people calling out AEW on their lack of women's wrestling content on their television shows. And I you know, the first thing that came to mind was, well, Jesus, Rob has been tracking this. So if you folks really want to see what it's all about, just check his workout because it really tells the tale in a manner that um, is hard to deny. And I'll, I'll tell you, Rob, the thing that really was interesting is that some folks like Denise Sal Salcedo uh, from she, she does stuff with Wrestling Observer. She does things with uh, Fightful. She said she was going to start watching matches with a stopwatch and she was making reference to WWE and her frustration with them. And I'm waiting to see if she's going to use a stopwatch against AEW because all she has to do is read your site and she can see what the hell they've been doing or or rather what they have not been doing. Um, and I'm not picking on Denise, uh, you know, respect to her and what have you and everybody else. But I think that the wrestling media in general, I don't know why they've given AEW a pass on this, but they have. They have not been as enthusiastic about calling them out on their sexism, which is what it looks like to me. And, you know, we're going to continue to hammer that message home here on Duke Loves Wrestling. And when I say we, I mean myself, uh, because it's bullcrap. Call yeah, out man. everybody who's not doing it right. Okay, I think SmackDown does a piss poor job, just like how you display on your on your site, which you're showing the facts. SmackDown does a piss poor job, but overall, WWE does a good job. Impact does a great job. AEW does the yes, worst and, job. Um, now, again, the, the issue to get on WWE about is the match times. But then with AEW, the match times are usually better, but it's 
but everything else is not from, you know, allotment of matches to yeah, pretty much everything. I mean, every, everything they do other than the match times is usually bad. Now this week, last night, it they had one match. It was, they had one two minute match, which means they didn't even get that right last night. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but, but I know, uh, we can get to that some other time, but you know, um, so last night they struck out on every front, um, last on dynamite last night. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I guess, um, yeah, well, I don't know where the increased interest in it is as far as checking this stuff. I mean, for me, it was just that I happened to notice these things and because, you know, I like, um, last year, last like spring, basically, uh, the match times on there were some just horrendously short matches on SmackDown, and and it happens so often that if that it was that, you know after a while just like okay come on now right and then and and they weren't squash matches like you know two minute squash match okay fine but a match between two people who can give you six or seven minutes on TV and you cut them down to two then and it, and it happens over and over and over. I mean, that's egregious and it just, it stuck out to me. So that got me to really pay attention to what was going on. And, you know, like I said, when in our first conversation, you know, on the show, I said, um, if you're going to talk about there being a discrepancy or, you know, disparity, like you actually have to count the stuff. You, you actually have to count up what's going on because you can't, you know, you can't just say there's disparity without any evidence, you know, because I mean, the worst thing to do is the, you know, try to point out some inequality or some disparity and have, and then somebody have somebody throw something in your face that basically disproves your whole point. Right. That's, that's the worst thing that can happen. You know, Rob, let me, let me ask you, because you're a guy that deals with the numbers world, you know, mathematician, you understand the whole ratings system game and all that good stuff there. Based on what you know and, and what you've studied based on conversations that you've had with other professionals, is it reasonable to assume that a television network in 2022 would ever tell a, a pro wrestling company that they should feature less women on their television show? Does that even make sense to you? No, that, I, I sincerely doubt that would ever happen. Okay. And, and do you think that women, if, if you were to have, right now we have AEW who only features one women's wrestling match per week per television episode. If they were to even give us two women's wrestling matches, do you think that they would experience some kind of dramatic dip in whatever type of uh, ratings or audience that, that that they're delivering currently? I doubt it. Um, now, a lot of it has to do with how you present it. Um, I don't think that going to two matches a week would harm anything. Trust me, there. I sincerely doubt that you know if you got a million people watching now, we only got one women's match. If you put on the second women's match every week, it's not they're not dipping to five hundred thousand. Okay, it's not going to happen. All right, I mean, you know, um, I, so I don't think you know. No, they're not going to have any problems having more than one women's match. Now, what I think the kind of awful truth here is, though, is that their core audience largely does not care. We're what over two years now into dynamite being on the air and from people who are AEW fans, it's still, 
yeah, the women's division, they need to do that better, okay, but if you're still doing that after two years, if you're still giving them that much rope after two years, if you're still giving them that much grace after two years, over two years, then what they're doing now isn't a problem for you. So, so here's my question to that, because that's a, that's a very good point. Their their general audience seems to be okay with the lack of of women's wrestling content on their their programming, but how do you survive if all you're doing is harnessing such a small population? And I guess that's the issue there, where you have people who had done so much to put AEW over as a concept that they kind of went too far in over-promoting it, and now they they are starting to be a little bit more audience, piece by piece, I mean, a little, little more honest, piece by piece, and, and acknowledging the fact that, hey, Tony is not giving us what he told us he was going to give us. And even if we just focus on the women specifically, the fact that three, almost four years later, you're still only giving us one women's match on TV per TV episode there's no way to justify that in 2022. It doesn't make sense. You can't call yourself somebody that respects women and women athletes if you're doing that. And the, and some of these arguments are, well, maybe they're just not good enough. And it's like, well, whose responsibility is it to recruit and to provide an opportunity for women who are good enough? And for those who you already have, whose responsibility is it to help them become good enough? If they're not good enough, then, then what are you doing about it? Right. They're not being enough good women wrestlers to put on TV. I think that that's no longer an excuse because, well, they, they brought in Tony Storm, but, you know, um, Athena, you know, Ember Moon, she's still out there. You can bring her in right now. And she's better than the majority of the women they have on that roster. You could put, you could bring her in right now, put her on TV right now. Okay. She's got years of, WWE television experience. You know, she knows what camera to look at. She knows when to pause that. You know, she knows if you're going to have a commercial break in the middle of the match, she knows that, you know, when to do a certain spot to set up the commercial break, right? She knows all of those things. Unless she's just not interested. And then if out, and then I would have to say, if she's, if for some reason she's not interested, I would really have to ask why. And I mean, ask Tony why. Like, why is she not interested in coming to your company, right? Um, and Mia Yim is out there. Mia Yim's husband works for the damn company. So unless she just doesn't want to come there either, why are you making no effort to sign her? She, you know, she was on NXT for years. Again, she knows how to look. She knows which camera to look at. She knows all the things you do to make a good televised wrestling match, right? Um, she's another, if she does not want to work there for some reason, then that's a reflection on the company. Because you could bring her in, you could sign her right now and put her on TV next next week, right? Well, let me let me challenge something for a second, Rob. Let me challenge something for a second because you're talking about people to add, but they have women that they've already been using. Do you really feel that out of the women that they've used over the past year, they don't have enough women to feature on television enough to have more than one women's match on their television shows per week? Oh, they do, but if I'm 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 speaking to the argument that that there aren't enough, you know, that the women aren't good enough to do that with, because you know, the, the, there are clips that get put out on Twitter every week, you know, every week about you know where they show clips from some of those matches where just some really bad spots. 
Um, and now I will say that women get heat for that way more than guys do, you know, because men's matches have their men's matches with all types of horribly, horribly executed spots and whatnot. And you d- don't see as many clips and stuff get passed around about those as you do with women's matches. But still, um, you know, that one of the arguments about them against them having more women's matches is that you know, well, is that they don't have enough women who are good enough, right? And, and and look, they 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 there are some women there who would not be good enough to get on WWE television, all right? You know, Tay Conti was not good enough to be a regular on NXT, right? There were like a dozen women there who were just better than her at the time when she was there, right? She she was not good enough to get on NXT television regularly, right? She did a few times, but not not regularly. Okay, so. They got and they got some other women there who are about at her level. Who were you to send them over to WWE now? They would not get on television. So I'm just saying that there are there are, are women available now who have been on WWE television, who you could employ right now, uh, other than the ones you've already signed. You know, Tony Khan has told me himself. Forget about what he said out in public because he said the same thing in public. But he's told me himself he should know he's the one who puts all the shows together. Tony Khan is the booker. They don't have writers. They don't have they don't have people booking. They don't have a, a, a booking team or anything like that. It's Tony Khan. He makes the decisions. He puts all the shows together. There was a time where other people would contribute, but he shut all that out. And and generally, he is the one taking sole responsibility for what we see on television, on all of the shows. So, if we don't see more women's wrestling content specifically matches, not just a a 10-second promo or a 20-second promo. If we don't see more matches, it's because Tony Khan has chosen not to give it to us. So it's a little embarrassing, and it's indicative of this this weird thing that they have going on where it's clear there are some significant biases at play because there's no other logical explanation for why in 2022 you would not feature women more (laughs) you know what i mean especially when you claim that you're going to pay them equally which we know that still hasn't happened yet um so it's embarrassing it's embarrassing and i want to stay on this point because something else happened rob and and i challenge you to to take a look at it and i know that it wasn't necessarily something that you knew everything about you had to actually take some time and really research it to, to start to understand what the hell was going on black news channel this this 24-hour cable news network that was that's still owned by Shad Khan, right? Overnight, over hundreds of people, mostly black and brown people, were put out of work. And to date, the majority of them have still not been paid in full for the hours that they worked. So, you know, you, you're talking people who've lost their insurance benefits. They lost their pay. And there's a possibility that these folks will never get their their payment in full for the hours that they worked for this this 24-hour cable news network owned by Shad Khan, which the the network is initially pushed as a conservative, a black conservative cable news network, which is just embarrassing because there's no no audience for that anywhere on this planet to sustain a 24-hour news network. But- you did your research. What sort of information did you come up with, Rob? What's your take on this whole black news channel thing and, and all these folks who are just 
put out of work just like that. Okay. So this black news channel is what I would call it's ideological media. And what that means is that it exists for the sole reason to put out an ideological message. All right. And it does not exist to make a profit. There are magazines, websites, cable channels that exist just to put out a message and they get donations from rich people who are on that side of the political aisle to pay the bills. And they don't have, because they don't have enough viewers or subscribers or whatever to pay for themselves. And they live off of donations from rich people basically, but they don't exist to make a profit. They exist to put out a message and these rich people basically fund them for that just to put a message out and then the ultimate goal is to get their ideological message kind of embedded into more mainstream news outlets right and to get some of their people invited on like meet the press or whatever right so that they can sit there at and so they so they can sit there on a respectable political panel so to speak and basically throw these ideological talking points out there right um that's how like partisan like like truly partisan political media, that's how it works. It exists to put a message out. It doesn't exist for anything else. They they keep the lights on by donations, uh, by people just and so and they run on they run on shoestring budgets. They don't have you know big portfolios or whatever. Um, so you have things like this, and you have the One America News Network, and then there are these um, there are a couple of magazines. Um, like the National Review and you know, one is called the American Conservative and Newsmax. And then, you know, and there's some, you know, and there's some left wing ones like Mother Jones and the Nation. Right. And again, those also they exist to put a message out. They don't exist to make a profit. And so with this black news channel, basically it was a thing that was created to put out a message that would maybe just get a few more black people to vote Republican because I mean, the way that if you look at like the, you know, polling data, as far as voting demographics, basically, you know, in presidential year, the Republicans get somewhere between like 55 and 60% of the white vote, or sometimes it gets as high as 65, maybe of the white vote. And that's basically how they win when they win, because with, you know, with black people that, you know, they lose 90 to 10, right? And then uh, Hispanic vote, you know, varies, but it's gets as high as two thirds, you know, Democrat. And then other, you know, and then other, you know, ethnic minorities and whatnot, they vote Democrat pretty heavily. So if you can siphon off a few people, if you can shave a few points off of the 90%, you know, black people to vote Democrat, you can win an election. So they're not trying to convert, you know, all of us into voting Republican. They just want to get a few people and this little, small little channel, you know, they, you know, because if they can just, you know, they keep repeating the same message and they keep repeating it. And then maybe, you know, they end up on a YouTube video somewhere and that gets shared and you know what? And maybe you can, you can convert a couple of people. And that's the point because look, I mean, with 2016, you know, there were all those YouTube videos about, you know, Pizzagate, right? Where they had you think that, you know, people were honestly believed that Hillary Clinton was running a, you know, a, 
child trafficking operation out of the basement of a pizza parlor that we found out didn't even have a basement. Okay. Um, but there were a lot of people who believed that because they saw these videos over and over and over saying this stuff. So you come up, you create these little outlets, whether it's a channel or a website or whatever, and you just have people talking and they just keep saying it and they keep saying it and they keep saying it. And you say it enough times, somebody's going to believe it. Or you, or even if you're making a factual argument, you know, or just giving a, an opinion, you say it enough times, you might convince a few people. So that's the whole point behind that was the whole point behind the black news channel. And now there were these Supreme court hearings and you know, they had now every person they had on the channel was not like a conservative, right? They had some people like Mark Lamont Hill and it was it um, a few other people, uh, Bob Herbert maybe, or was it um, Charles Blow? I think, or, but those like, they're not concerned. Those are not conservative people. And so I think they had some of them on there to talk about, you know, talk about the hearings and all that. And so from what I understand, they did actually get better like viewership and all of that during that. But the coverage kind of veered off a message. And, and this is the thing with those outlets. Um, if they got to choose between, you know, more viewers or more money, even if they got to choose between that and staying on message, they'll, st they're going to choose to stay on message. And if there's no way to stay on message, they'll pull the plug. Cause uh, if you want now, cause there's an example of this, actually, um, there was used to be this conservative magazine called the weekly standard and they were big during the Bush, you know, W Bush administration. And then Trump got elected. And so Trump getting elected was kind of a line in the sand moment for a lot of conservatives, right? Because Trump was just so far out there that you know a lot of people on that side were just like okay you know i mean i believe in lower taxes i believe in this this and this but that guy is doing a little too much here or that guy's a little too too crazy here right and so there were some real debates and not sure what to do and all of that on that side you know and so the weekly standard was one of those magazines where they were just the people there were just openly like okay, um, we're conservative, but don't know if we can ride with all this Trump stuff. And so they, you know, veered a little bit off of the trail and they got bought out and they got shut down. This is, this is fascinating um, insight here, Rob. And that's very, very interesting. Fascinating. So, so with Black News Channel, do you think that, do you think that with Black News Channel, because they really put some effort into veering more to the center as opposed to remaining a conservative 24-hour black news channel. Do you think that was part of the reason why the plug was pulled ultimately? It's definitely a possibility. I'm not going to sit here and say that that was definitively it. Um, but in this case, with you know, with, this, with these Supreme Court hearings, you know, the nominee was just somebody you couldn't you couldn't throw the right wing talking points at her without just looking like an idiot right i mean some people are very easy to caricature but she was not and it got to the point where you couldn't have a real conversation about her as a nominee or whatever and and you know if you were going to veer off into talking point land you just sound like an idiot 
so i mean you know the coverage they had didn't toe the line now again i'm not going to say that definitively that's what happened uh because when he declared bankruptcy it could just it could simply be that he you know didn't want to sink any more money into it but i would i would go ahead and say that if it was getting the job done as originally you know put together or if they were doing exactly what they were created to do then how then i'm gonna go as far as to say that he wouldn't have been so quick to say this isn't worth the money okay because look ultimately look they declared bankruptcy and pulled the plug because they decided it wasn't worth the money that they put into it now if it was delivering the type of message that they wanted it to deliver, I'm willing to bet that they would at least stuck with it a little bit longer. Um, Cause when look at, look, Shad kind owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. You own an NFL team. That's like an ATM basically. Um, so it's not that trust me, he didn't declare bankruptcy because he's have, having trouble making, cause he's legit having trouble making payroll. Okay. Um, he declared bankruptcy. That was a choice totally that was a completely voluntary thing um because he he doesn't need the money <laughs> okay and whatever money he might be saving from declaring bankruptcy on that small of an operation um if you're in that dire straits financially then you got bigger problems so i mean i think this is one of those things where you can definitely put two and two together and it's not out of the question to at least to at least come to the conclusion that they shut it down because it wasn't getting the message across now and that may now that may not just be about the supreme court hearings that could just be across the board I, look i i will admit i did did not watch much if any of that channel so i can't tell you what their you know what their coverage was like you know all day or whatever uh but given but i mean i i I used to re- I used to be a real political junkie as far as looking up information on all of these kind of things. And I can just tell you from I can feel safe to tell you from previous you know research I've done in the past on these kind of things that it is not out of the question to come to the conclusion that they decided that this thing was not doing what it was supposed to do. And since we're not making any money on it anyway, and we're just going to, you know, get it out of here. Well said. Well said. See, and, and listen, let me just say this on a personal level, and this is my take. This has nothing to do with Rob. This is just my take. I think it's rotten. I think it's disgraceful. I think we got these fake wokesters who want to say Black Lives Matter and all this other garbage. They want to say they, they support women's rights and all that garbage as well. And I call it garbage because they're not genuine about what they're claiming. Okay, this has been my number one issue with the way that the cons do business. And I'm not saying this out of nowhere. Okay, I'm using the facts. I'm using what they claim. And then I'm taking a look at what the end result is of their business practices. And it's rotten. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, that black news channel stuff in particular, it was rotten from the beginning. What the hell is a Pakistani businessman doing running a 24 hour black conservative news? station 
and you only invested $50 million into it, which is a, a drop in the bucket for something that's supposed to last for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give me a break. You know, you look at AEW, they gave them $100 million startup capital for a damn company that was running one TV show one day, two hours per week when it first started. So how do you overly fund something that's so small in comparison and you underfund something that's such a big deal? It doesn't make any sense, you know, and I'm going to say it again. There is no market for a 24 hour black conservative news channel anywhere on this planet. There's no market for it. You know why there's no market for it? Because the places that exist that could deliver that they're already doing it on such a, a, a good scale how the hell are you going to attract attention away from that? People can watch Fox News. They can watch OAN. They can watch Newsmax. They can watch all these other things. Um, I'm sorry. The racism in America alone. You're not going to attract people to watch a 24-hour black conservative news channel. Now, with that said, if it was a 24-hour news channel that was center, that was center, now you have something that you can work with. Now you can build an audience that's sustainable. And I think that had that company launched the way that it had conducted itself over the past few months, it probably would have had a different um, fate. I think they would have had much better ratings and I think they could have justified sticking around longer. But you also would need an investor who isn't trying to do something that, in my opinion, seems pretty rotten and nefarious and ridiculous. So. Shad Khan, Tony Khan, I am on your hind parts about your business practices, and I'm not going to let up because I think what you guys are doing is wrong. Stop trying to co-op um, what we would consider diversity and inclusion when you're not putting any real equity into delivering on your promises. Stop doing that. It's not right. It's rotten. Okay? So I'm on your hind parts every step of the way. I don't care what businesses you got going on until you guys do right. You're going to hear from me about because well, just I mean the whole nature of like partisan media is just it's an entirely like separate world um, because again they create things just for the point of getting a message across. They don't like um, there are a lot of books that are written you know left and right where the books are written and they're you know a bunch of copies are bought up by people you know, rich people on that side of the aisle and they buy up a bunch of copies and then the book ends up on the bestseller list. And now the person who wrote it is now New York times bestselling author, which gets you invited places that, you know, otherwise wouldn't have been invited. Right. Um, and it's, and that those things are done to get you in the door so that you can sit at the table on meet the press or on face the nation or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, ideological political media is a whole nother ecosystem unto itself. Um, again, it's, it's, it's created not to make a profit. It's created to get a message out. And, and of course, what that means is that of course, when the people who are funding it, if they decide you're not putting out the right message, they can, they can cut your money off. Right. Um, and again, I'm not, you know, like I'm not. You know, I didn't do like detective work here. I cannot tell you that that is exactly what happened here. But I'm telling you that it fits the pattern. <laughs> okay, um, that it it absolutely fits the pattern of what happens with 
ideological media sources and media outlets is that it's more important to stay on message than it is to actually make money or gain viewers or anything. Cause like some of these publications, um, actually I looked this up. All right. Um, the American conservative is a magazine, right? It has the, from according to Wikipedia, the subscriber number is 5,000 subscribers. There's no way you sustain a magazine with 5,000 subscribers, right? It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to do that. It doesn't work. The, the, the money, you know, the, the economics don't add up. So obviously there, there are people on that side of the aisle who f- funnel money into that operation so that it can get published. Uh, and, you know, uh, from this is also according to Wikipedia, National Review has 75,000 subscribers. And I don't think that's enough either to sustain a magazine with a staff and all of that um so again there's money being poured into it and same thing on the left with the nation and with things like mother jones and american prospect uh again these these magazines they don't have enough subscribers to pay the bills you know if they they have a youtube channel or website or whatever they don't i sincerely doubt that they have enough you know subscribers or whatever paying subscribers or whatever to keep things open right um and to pay people so they get money funneled into them from you know people who agree with their ideology basically and so this this black news channel thing it fits the mold basically um and so you should not if it if it ever comes out that that is exactly why they shut it down you should not be surprised, okay? And again, so I'm I'm, I'm not going to make the full leap and say that that's exactly what happened, but I'm I'm saying it fits the pattern, okay? So if it comes out that that is what happened, you should not be surprised. Well, Rob just hit it right on the head, folks, and and it's something that we're going to continue to monitor. I have been in contact with people over who are working for Black News Channel. That's a window into a whole other world there. <laughs> Listen, Rob, uh, once again, let everybody know the best way that they can keep up with your content, please. So if you're wondering, you know, what's this got to do with pro wrestling? Well, it's because, you know, Shad Khan, of course, is the backer behind AEW. And well, it just matters as we have a bigger conversation about where these company owners' money comes from and all of that. And so if you want to, if you want to, Reach me if you want to see what I write about wrestling and some other things. Uh, you can, again, my website is robsagenius.com. You know, R-O-B-S-A-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at R-B-O-N-N-E-1. Now, I don't really talk politics or write about politics, but I do write about wrestling and movies and TV and other things. So if you want to, yeah, if you want to, check out the stuff I have to say or stuff that I've written. You can go there. If you're a wrestling fan, you can hear me on the mindless wrestling podcast every week with uh, DJ and Jason. And of course you can hear me whenever I happen to show up here. Oh yeah. You're the cream of the crop and no one does it better. I'm here to eat tacos and kick ass. And I'm all out of kicking ass. 
Hey Duke, this is your buddy here, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, your friend from Ring of Honor. I'm glad to see that you've made it from the third row chairs at the Murphy Rec Center to your own podcast. Six years is a long time, and I hope you have another six years of success. I enjoy listening to your uh, episodes, and I've enjoyed being on them. I've always liked your uh, the way you go about things. Thank you. Congratulations. Love you, and peace. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Rudy Boy Gonzalez. That was a wonderful message there. And uh, speaking of Rudy, we're definitely going to have him, Dusty Wolf, and James Beard. They're going to be on the show. In fact, when we're releasing that episode early next week, a tribute to the one, the only Mr. Ken Johnson. So look forward to that for sure. Um, Great conversation this week with Rob the Genius. You know, just a, a really good guy. And someone that he knows his stuff, you know, he's not afraid to do the research. He has an opinion, which he definitely will share. But most importantly, explain how he arrives at the conclusion that he arrives at. So really appreciate that from Rob. And I appreciate you. I mean, what do you think? What do you think of some of the things that we unpacked this week? Let me know. Okay, It's at Duke Loves Wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. On Facebook, on Twitter, DukeLesRasslin at gmail.com. You know, I'm not one to hide. I'm not one to run from conversation, from discussion. All I ask is that you don't approach me with vulgarities. You humanoids out there who, who love to start cussing, they lead with cussing because they disagree with my wrestling take. Imagine that. Calm yourself down. Let's have a, a real top shelf conversation. Okay? We don't have to agree. But we can have a top shelf conversation without you leading with trying to cuss me out because you can't believe I had to say something that, you know, you're afraid of me saying or you don't you don't agree with me saying or whatever the case. Just stop it. That's not cool. That's not cool. You know, you know what else is not cool? And I want to end on this note here because I see something interesting happening with WWE. Veer Mahan. Okay. You know, this whole Vera's coming stuff, Vera's coming. Well, he finally came, came all over Raw a couple times. And, um, you know, the way that they're presenting this guy is nothing short of ridiculous, in my opinion. They got this guy looking like some kind of crazed lunatic, which is so crazy to me because when you look at Vera Mahan in regular life, this is one of the most sharp dressed people on the planet and the man has a head of hair that would make Ric Flair jealous I mean just a beautiful head of hair this guy is the real deal he he just looks like the type of dude that you want to hang out with and you know that if you if you go into the finest restaurant or the finest club with a guy like that you're not you're not waiting in line of course not you're drinking top shelf you're probably going to be have the whole night comped uh, and there's definitely going to be ladies from all over the world who are going to be hanging around you. I mean, Vera is a, a, just a smooth dude, man. So I don't understand why they have this weird persona that they're pushing on TV of him because it just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know whose idea this is, but they really need to, to fix themselves up and recognize the fact that Vera Mahan, should be the coolest man in the room because he is that in real life. He should always come out dressed in a suit unless he's ready to wrestle. Um, He should have an entourage. 
he should be presented like a future world champion. And, you know, in terms of wrestling ability and what have you, that will come. But you don't you don't present a guy like Veer, an international playboy looking guy like Veer as some kind of lunatic out there. Like, what? You, come on. Why would you do that? So, you know, I know some of the higher ups in WWE, just like other companies, they listen to the show. So you can hear me loud and clear. I am not impressed with the way that Veer is being presented as a pro wrestler. Um, this guy's much too fantastic, much too sharp, much too handsome to be saddled with a ridiculous gimmick. Just let Veer be Veer. And I'm telling you, man, there's plenty of money to be made in those hills right there. That dude is a real deal. My goodness. You know, and, and, and let me let me add to that, actually. One more take. Lacey Evans. They have her doing these vignettes where she's telling her true life story, which is a, a incredible story. She's been through a lot as a human being. She's overcome a lot. And I'm, I'm very proud of her as a human being um, because a lot of people don't make it out of some of the conditions that she's made it out of. So kudos to, to Lacey. And I'll continue to say that it's actually ironic. Her, her real name is not Lacey. That's actually her sister's name. Uh, I don't know if folks realize that, but that's neither here nor there. The the character Lacey Evans is getting a lot closer to the real life person, uh, which is cool. It looks like they're trying to present her as a baby face, which I think is very possible. I think there's a lot of people who would want to get behind a person like that. But she posted something the other day making fun of people uh, because of 420. You know, 420, it's the not only is it October 20th, but 420 is a, a tagline for smoking marijuana. So she, you know, poked a little fun at that and it just didn't make any sense to me. You're trying to be a baby face and you're doing a post that is just completely going to get negative feedback. And of course it did. WWE has an issue. They don't have baby faces in that company. They have tweeners. They have people who pretend to be heels. And then they have real heels who they're trying to force into being baby faces. And it just doesn't work. Lacey Evans is not a natural baby face. Clearly, that's the case. Her natural instincts is to get under people's skin and to laugh about it. And okay, you know, some people, that's just who you are. It's okay. I'm, I'm no different. I'm very similar to that. I know that I'm going to get people riled up in the things that I say, and I don't really care. So it's it's all entertainment to me. Um, so I get it. But let me just say this. If you're going to present Lacey as a baby face, and if, if Lacey, if this is where you're going next, you got to hold off on those posts where you're making fun of the fans and doing nonsense like that. That doesn't endear you to anyone. It does the complete opposite. And there are just far too many heels in that company right now, especially in the women's division. They need somebody that people can get behind and believe in. And I think you have an opportunity where you can be a, a Mrs. America, as crazy as that sounds. I think that there's a strong possibility. And of course, you're going to have your detractors. You're going to have people going to boo you for it. But I think over time, you can really win the fans over. But you're not going to get there posting stuff like that online, especially from your Lacey Evans account. It's just don't do that. It, it, it's it's counterproductive to what it seems like the company is trying to do with you and that character. So there's that. 
Who knows? It could be a protest. She, she could be doing it on purpose for all we know. Um, time will tell. But it just, you know, wrestlers, you guys got to think about what you're trying to accomplish here. And you got to look at the landscape, you know, being a heel, quite frankly, is easy. <laughs> I think it takes a lot more effort to be someone who can find a way to be likable. You know, the fans, especially in this day and age, they they will boo anyone who they feel is being fake. So to be your genuine self and to be a likable person is, is a challenge in the modern era. But it's possible. And the way that you can get there is to be mindful of these little things that add up into big things. So that's my take this week. You know, folks, once again, appreciate you joining us. Listen, give, give us a five-star review. Go to your favorite podcast app, like whatever you're listening to us on right now. Give us a five-star review. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, our, our most recent episodes have been tremendous, especially the response. Um, I don't talk about the rankings. I don't really care about the rankings so much, but we've been we've been knocking those rankings out of the park on some of these podcast sites, and we'll continue to do that. I mean, hey, look. Duke Loves Wrestling is one of the top pro wrestling podcasts in the world. I know that. We have been for a number of years now. But um, it's still interesting to see in the ranking format. And you see all of these shows that you're being put up against. And to know that, yeah, we know that we're one of the best. And there's a, another level of proof to that. So kudos to all you listeners out there. Appreciate you. As always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.